702. Masterclass. In our masterclass for today, it's all things business. And we know that things have been tough for many people. Some went into entrepreneurship because they were passionate about something specific. Others went into it out of basic need. It wasn't so long ago that we spoke to the gentleman who, after he lost his job, started selling coffee on the side of the road and says, I'm actually not going back to formal employment because this this is going to grow into something else. And I do get quite excited having conversations around entrepreneurship because there are so many opportunities. Everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, opportunities are rife. And not only that, South Africans, we are smart and we are filled with amazing ideas. Where I think the disconnect is now is what to do with those ideas and how to get people on board of those ideas and actually trying to monetize this thing that you have in your mind. So this conversation is for you. And I'm joined by somebody that I actually have known for a while, an amazing entrepreneur with such a fantastic business that um, I've been supporting for a while because I just love what you guys have been doing. Hetty the Entrepreneur, she's popularly known. If you go on social media, you will find Hetty the Entrepreneur and she does some amazing coach work. Um, But she's also been knee deep in the dirt yeah. to get to understand. Hetty, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're with us. I'm super excited too. Really looking forward to this. So let's, you know, before we jump into the part of communicating the business, mm. in the many years, I mean, you've had um, your store PH boutique, you had to then deal with COVID happening. Yes. So now people were no longer coming to the stores and buying from the stores. And just to give context, it's a fashion um, um, business. Mm -hmm. You had to deal with understanding and learning the manufacturing part, the setting up of the store, the selling, all of those. So you've done the ground, the groundwork. Mm. You've also then gone to diversify what you're doing. You've gone into property as mm-hmm. well, yeah. um, building a property uh, a portfolio. So for those that don't know, PNH, let me let you tell the listeners what does PNH stand for? <laughs> it really stands for Papa and Hetty. Um, we are a duo combo. And yeah, we're building an empire together as yes. husband and wife. <laughs> Listen, that is the way. Couples that make money together and build together Absolutely. will stay together. So from all of that experience, having been mm. in that, what would you say you observed are some of the most common mistakes that get overlooked that you yourself possibly made mm. or that you observed other people making? Mm. I think one of the biggest mistakes or hurdles that I find a lot of entrepreneurs have is the really the ability to articulate what value their business brings because you know there's so many different businesses that offer so many different products and services and knowledge how do you make yourself stand out from everybody else so that we want to actually buy from you and I think you've you've articulated that so well because Mm. there are some people who are not good at sharing yes what is so special about the idea so the moment a person gets in front of a potential client or a potential funder or that individual that could make or break this business yeah. and then you're asked in three sentences why must i invest in you and suddenly you're like no it's this amazing idea and you're like mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's take it to the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Some people are good at talking a great game, but then they have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Others have everything to show, but they're not good yes. at talking the game. How was it for you and how should it be? I think for me, I I have always understood the importance of being able to articulate the value that the business brings. And it's one of those things that I've literally practiced and reiterated over and over and over again. And even as a coach, when I work with different businesses, we literally dry run and practice. I literally make our clients stand in front of the mirror and within two sentences be able to say what the value is that they bring in a manner that is memorable, because that is the thing that's so important. A lot of people say, oh, well, I just sew clothes. I just do hair. Yes. I do makeup. But you're not saying it in a way that makes you memorable in such a manner that we want to come back to you and actually use your services. Yes, yes. And do you find that many people do that because they don't have the language or because they genuinely undervalue what they do, what their offering is, that, yeah. that they don't know how to hype themselves up. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know how to hype themselves up, especially in the beginning, because there's that insecurity that, oh, I'm just a small business. I haven't been running for long. I perhaps don't have enough of a track record. Um, how do I hype myself up when I don't have enough to show for this? But there is always something to hype about, regardless of where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. And it's being able to unearth that and then put it out into the spotlight for others to see it as well. So let's then talk about pitching. Why yeah. is pitching important? And at what stage of the business should a person be considering that? Because there, some have the school of thought mm. that says, start where you are with yeah. what you have. Yes. The rest will follow. Mm. Don't wait to be in front of the audience that can make or break it. Mm. Others are like, my business happened by accident. I just fell yes. into it now. Only now I'm trying to like find words to, to share what I'm doing. Yeah. So here is the thing. Pitching should actually be part of your everyday practice. So it shouldn't be something that's reserved for being on a stage or being in front of a room of investors. You should be pitching your business everywhere you go, standing in the queue at your local grocery store. You should be pitching your business in the elevator. You should be pitching your business, whether it's to an audience of one or to an audience of a hundred. Pitching literally is just the ability to articulate what your business does in a manner that's compelling for us to actually buy from you. And that should be something you're doing every single day, mm. walking, talking and breathing the gospel of your business. And why then, without the obvious reasons of you never know who's listening, mm. why is it so important um, that it becomes part of a daily practice? Well, because you are constantly looking to funnel individuals into your business. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that marketing is happening every single waking moment of the day. 
So when you are talking to somebody and they mention how their child's backpack is torn and they need to buy a new backpack, you are able to say, oh, well, we make backpacks. Yes. I'd be more than happy to help you. Yes. So you are funneling a potential client into your business at all times by simply conversing and talking about your business comfortably. So are you talking about, because there are those people who, for me, and this is a personal thing, are very hard sell all the time. Yeah. They, they don't even know how to relax in a social yeah. environment. They can't read the room. Yes. We're <laughs> like, you know, they're constantly on. Which yeah. Th- then you're like, I can't take this one anywhere with me. Yeah. You know, are we talking that level of hard sell or also just being um, a little bit strategic about how you bring it into a a conversation yeah i think definitely you do need to be strategic about bringing it into a conversation it doesn't have to be a hard sell all the time i mean we don't want to walk the opposite direction whenever we see you approaching so um so you definitely want to be very sensitized about it but by the same breath you do want to open yourself up to the opportunities to pitch that you have been missing in your daily activities because you haven't brought it front of mind Yes, yes. Okay, and I like what you're saying, just the part of sometimes you are waiting to be in front of the right audience. Yeah. But what I like about the day-to-day is it also forces you to practice. Yes. So by the time you are in front of the right audience, you know everything back to front. Yes, absolutely. In fact, Rudlebukhila, what you want to have is a scenario where if I were to wake you up in the middle of the night at 2.30 in the morning and I say, hey, 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 Rudlebukhila, tell me what is the value that you have to offer? Yeah. You should be able to say it in an instant because you are walking, breathing and living it. You yes. encompass it in everything that you do. So I can share having you know, worked for almost 20 years mm. And I don't know if it's a woman thing. I don't know if it's my own personality. I'm so terrible at hyping myself up. Mm. Hence, on a talent or on a personalities like myself, we have managers that do that on <laughs> our behalf. We have publicists yeah. that are going to be the ones to say award winning. Now, thinking about the fact that some people are not good at saying. Mm. Um, the value I'm adding is X, Y, and Z. Mm. How do you get that person now to get into that mindset of selling themselves if they don't know how to hype themselves up? Because what I've found, especially from all the small businesses mm. that we interview, I'll give an example of our food feature. Mm. Like, you know, a couple will say, we're just going to start a little food truck. And their family's calling and hyping them up. Yes. And they're still a little bit modest and holding back. Like, mm. I don't know, you guys will let us know what you think when you taste it, as opposed to coming and saying, this is the best yeah. fried chicken you will taste yeah. in the country. Yes. You know? So <laughs> how, how do we, I don't want to say fix, but how do we um, get that person to become the person you are speaking about. Yeah. So first of all, you know, when you start your business, it's almost like a diamond in the rough. And in order for it to sparkle and shine and to see its beauty, you have to do the work of refining it. And refining is part of practicing. Now, if it's something that you know is a gap, 
a skills gap that you have. Get a coach, for example. The coach is not a person that is on the pitch. They are the one who's able to see the holistic overview and direct you to where you're supposed to go. It is something that can be learned. And it doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert and flamboyant. You do it in a manner that is authentic to yourself. But we have to let go of the myth that our work will speak for us. No, we speak for us. Mm, mm. So our work doesn't speak for itself. No, it Why? does not. It does Why? not speak for we, itself. We, we all have, we all know that saying. Yeah. Why doesn't our work or why is our work not enough to speak for us? Because often at times when you look at people that are leading the pack, whether it's in business or in career, it is not always the most experienced, the most talented or even the most deserving. It is the person who knows how to articulate the value that they're bringing to the right people and position themselves. Okay, I think we all have a lot to learn. And I think what you are touching on is super, super critical and important. And I'd like to invite all of our listeners, um, if anything that Haiti is sharing um, that is resonating with you, if there's anything that she's sharing that you feel like, oh my goodness, I've actually been in business for many years, and maybe this is the breakthrough conversation. O double one double eight three oh seven oh two and the WhatsApp line O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. This conversation is for you. Or maybe you are somebody who had that light bulb moment and switched up what you were doing and how you were doing it in terms of pitching your business that you did find that the change started to happen. Give us a call, send us a WhatsApp. 702 Masterclass. Okay, so Hetty, you know, I, I think we've laid some solid groundwork as to what we mean by pitching, which isn't just getting in front of the audience that has the money or the potential client. Mm. It is a daily practice. Um, and secondly, the, 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 the potential disconnect that can happen of people saying, let the work speak for itself. And you know, as you were sharing that, I thought to myself, um, I think of the brand BMW. Mm. Everybody knows the car, yes. but they still have to go out yes. and continue shoving down our throats yes. what they are doing mm-hmm. and what their next thing is. So again, like you say, some, the work doesn't speak enough for itself. Absolutely. Okay, so now if we talk about um, the, 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 the daily practice, where does a person begin? Because you asked a very critical question you keep mentioning this thing of value. Mm. Is it about the individual who the business possibly relies on or the value of the business and what it offers? First and foremost, it is all about the, the value that the business offers to the consumer. Mm. So a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs do is that they speak about the value from their perspective. Mm. In entrepreneurship, you actually need to remove the ego mm. because it's not about you. It is always about the consumer. How are you making their life easier, convenient, meaningful? How are you adding value to them? Mm. So it is all about your ability to articulate how you offer value to them in a manner that is going to change their life and improve their life or be a solution to a problem that they have. So give us an example of what you mean by the difference between... um, ego and making it about yourself versus making it you know customer centric all right so for example often at times when entrepreneurs are pitching for a business what they will tell you is the history of the business the name of the business um 
and support us because we're a small business, we're a black owned business and et cetera, et cetera. All of that is very much focused on yourself. Mm. And the reason why we do that is because we work so much in our businesses, we're so much in the trenches that we actually fail to see the customer. What you need to actually be pitching is to say, use my product or service because it is going to help you reach your targets quicker. It's going to introduce convenience into your life in X way. Currently, you are experiencing this pain point. This is how this product is going to be a solution to your problem. Because at the end of the day, the person that is listening to you is not going to support your business simply because it is small or all female run. They are going to support your business because there is an intrinsic value that they are receiving from your business. And that is how you maintain um, and recurring business from your clientele. So if then the individual that's listening now and is like, oh, I get what she's saying. Mm. How do they turn around their thinking? And yes, you've already said become obviously more customer focused. How do they take that little business profile that they have mm. that says triple B-E-E, 100, you know, all mm. of those things based in Soweto, employing yeah. only lo- <laughs> How do they take all of that and now switch it up? Should they start saying, uh, or rather the question is, what are the questions they should ask themselves mm. to be able to draft that thing mm. of the value that they're giving customers? All right. So one of the processes that we do with our clients is that we help them to draw up their customer profile. Yes. Who is the person that you are serving? Mm. Who is that person? Are they tall? Are they short? Are they young? Are they old? Do they live in an urban area, rural area? What is their income bracket? What are their needs? What are their desires? What are the things that interest them? You need to be able to understand who your customer is as well as you understand yourself. Mm. Because when you understand who your customer is, Everything that you do for your customer is fit to purpose. Your marketing, your advertising, your communication is fit to purpose. It is speaking directly to them at the place where they're at in the language that they understand so that they can be able to patronize your business. Mm. So the first place that you start with is your customer. Who is that person? Mm. And we even go to the extent of giving that person a name. So if your ideal customer profile is Susan, where is Susan this weekend? Mm. What music does Susan listen to? What websites does Susan visit? So that you are able to tailor all your activities to grab Susan's attention. Mm, mm. And, and that is a brilliant, brilliant exercise, which I think many businesses struggle with yeah. because at the beginning, is it not that some businesses are just trying to get anybody? Yes. They, it's like anybody who's just willing to yes. show up and spend money by yes. me. I want that person. Yes. Yes. So why is it important to have a targeted group of people as opposed to whoever's going to show up and buy because if you are targeting anybody then you are targeting nobody yeah so when you are clear on the individual or group of people that you are targeting because it is fit to purpose those people are able to stop in their tracks and see you because you are speaking to them. Mm. It's like saying, I make clothes, therefore I'm making clothes for anybody who wears clothing. Mm. 
Yes. But maybe not everybody who wears clothing is necessarily interested in vegan clothing or African print clothing or leather clothing. So by understanding who is the type of individual that wears this type of clothing, you are able to then have a visibility marketing strategy that puts you in front of them. Yes. That is what stops a person scrolling on social media and stop onto your page and say, oh my gosh, I found what I've been looking for Mm. because your messaging is very clear and succinct. And that is a very good example, the one of, um, well, everybody wears clothes, (laughs) so we're just going to sell to everybody. But you've got to have something very niche and specific. Absolutely. if if you've got, let's let's use um, a very simple example where, you know, Tepo decides that he wants to be, he noticed at Prime Media that people leave every afternoon for lunch. Mm. So he's like, ah, let me set up a little something here. Yes. Because I see that the staff here, they're always leaving. Yes. Right. So let's use that as our little scenario. Yes. So now that person already says, my customers are people that work in the Prime Media building. Yes. What is it specific about these? So they need to go as far as I'm seeing the cars they're driving. Yeah. I'm seeing what food they're coming back with. Yes. I'm seeing da-da-da-da-da. Is it important for Tepo to start modeling his business around the customer or to create the business as he wants it and then find the customer that fits the business. So here is the trouble when you create your business as you want it. You become married to that idea mm. and it becomes cast in stone. And the most successful businesses are those that are agile, mm. that are able to bend and shift based on changing circumstances. So what Tepo needs to do is not to say everybody in the prime media building eats, therefore I'm bringing food. Mm. It is to understand, but what type of food are they eating? Mm. Is this a health conscious building? Mm. So if you're providing pup when everyone is eating salad, yes, it's food, but you're not providing the correct food for your customer. Mm. So it is understanding the types of food that they're eating and understanding the needs and desires of your customer. Once again, removing your ego Mm. and placing yourself in the foot of the end user. They are the most important person in this equation. All right. When we come back after Eyewitness News headlines, I want to pick up on now us going a few steps back. Is in that stage of trying to refine what your business is, how much of it should be you, how much of it should be what the customer needs and what the customer wants. 702 Masterclass. All right, we're done playing now and laughing about Mini Coopers. We are back to talking the art of pitching, particularly your business. We're chatting to Haiti, the entrepreneur. This is your opportunity. Give us a call. 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. So Haiti, before we left, I get it now you're saying you must be adaptable. Yes. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. You had to be adaptable with your business to now say, okay, Yes, the dream was to have physical stores. Mm. Now we need to change up what it is that we are doing. So now to that person who's like, how? But I've been told if you are passionate about an idea, you must push the passion. Mm. Da, 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 da. The right people will come to find you. But you are saying, you know, also answer your customer's needs. Where, Where do you find that balance? Look, you have to find the balance because here is the thing. Your passion alone will not feed you. 
Mm, mm, mm. I'm I'm trying to tell all my the the people who I owe money for I'm yeah. gonna pay in passion this month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and right. not in ransom things. Exactly. So your passion alone won't feed you. What you need to do is you need to marry both your passion with monetization strategies. Mm. So it's like somebody who paints the world's best artwork. Mm. Absolutely beautiful artwork. But if nobody knows it exists, it's as good as not existing. Yeah. So you have to be able to pair it with a monetization strategy that gives you visibility that will pay you to be able to continue to do your passion. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so now um, and there's a very important question that's come through. Mm. Uh, the question is from Chintan, a freelance ICT trainer and consultant from Benoni, who says... With the Popey Act, how do we find out about uh, all our prospective customers' needs and wants without infringing on privacy and doing so legally? And maybe, Hiti, you can add on to that. When you go through that exercise of who is my customer and Mm. knowing everything about them, is it fully hypothetical or does it actually require some research and then to come to the the, the popey question. It does definitely require some research. Some of the research is through observation and trends analysis. Mm. So often at times at the point at which a client realizes or comes to us and realizes that, look, I, I, I need to put structures in place. And we say, well, who are you targeting? And they're not sure, but they've been in business for two to five years. At that particular point, there is a track record of the people that have been buying from them at that point. Mm. What is the golden thread among those individuals? What are some of the common denominators that we can begin to draw from? Another thing also is using the community you already have, particularly on social media, to actually ask questions. What do you want to see more of? Would you like it if we introduce XYZ problem? What is the biggest challenge that you face with A, B and C? So engaging with your audience gives you practical feedback that you can now take and begin to implement within your business. Now, in terms of engaging with your audience within the context of the Poppy Act, there's so many things that you can do. If you look at email marketing, for example, you need to ensure that your audience is opting in voluntarily into an opt-in form. That means that they are saying, yes, I want to receive continuous communication from you. So there's certain things that you can do to ensure that you are in alignment with that. When a person has opted in to receive communication from you, they're more open to receiving that communication and responding to perhaps a survey or questions that you may have in order to form your analysis. Okay, so let's go back to Tsebo, yes. who he's identified the prime media staff. This yes. is his little business. He's trying to set up outside. Mm. And we're speaking about research, yeah. right? What is the research that he is his, he's doing? And uh, you know, it could be a Facebook group because reception said, hey, Baba, Baba, mm. you can't just come here mm. asking about our staff. Yes. Um, what, what else can he do beyond that? Yeah. So, the, the, gosh, there's so many things that he can do. First of all, do not undermine the power of observation. Yeah. You know, so you, there's certain things that organic and absolutely free. Standing around and looking to see what are the, the, the habits that this target market within this building 
are observing. So, for example, what is the time that you see most people going out to go and buy lunch? Mm. Is it 12 o'clock? Is it 1 o'clock? Are they going to the canteen? Are they going to an external vendor outside? If they're going to an external vendor outside, what are the things that you're seeing them walking back with? Is it salad? Is it pop? Is it what, what are those things? Because then you are able to see who are your competitors within the space. If the majority of people are going to the canteen, then you are competing heavily with the canteen. Team. Mm. Now you want to be able to determine what are the prices of the canteen? What is the offering at the canteen? What makes them go there as opposed to somewhere else? So there is a lot of research and observation that comes in. Now, the other thing is relationship building and nurturing mm. of the relationships. Who are the individuals that Tepo can form a relationship with that are engaging with his ideal customer? Perhaps there's somebody that washes cars outside that is able to say, oh no, they normally go to lunch around two mm. o'clock. Hi, this one loves to come with salad mara or at the McDonald's. Mm. Right. So what he's doing is he is nurturing relationships with individuals that are privy to knowledge and information about his ideal customer that he can use that information to then formulate his offering. Mm, mm. All right. O double one double eight three oh seven oh two. The lines are open. O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two is the WhatsApp line as well. There are so many questions that I'm sure you can pick from Hetty's mind before she leaves us. But get in touch on this masterclass on the art of pitching your business in particular and how to communicate it. Seven oh two masterclass. 12 minutes to 3 o'clock and we're continuing with our masterclass, The Art of Pitching, Communicating Your Business the Right Way. And um, we last were speaking about just figuring out exactly who your customer is to the final, final detail so you're able to service them better. So now Tsepo has done all of his research and he's like, okay, there's opportunity here. This is viable. This is possible. How does he start that process now of getting, starting the pitching? Because the first level pitching is to the people that he's trying to sell with. But maybe he's like, how can I formalize this deal with Prime Media and maybe get the big boss to hear me out? So first of all, what Tepo needs to be able to do is to ascertain who are my stakeholders here. Mm. And often at times, entrepreneurs don't realize that they actually do have stakeholders. Stakeholders don't only exist when you are within corporate. Yes. So one of his major stakeholders um, could be whoever um, is in the decision-making process to be able to allow him to be a vendor to the Prime Media building, yes. whether it is outside of the building or within the building. So you, he first needs to identify who is the person I should be talking to. Because if you don't identify your stakeholders, what ends up happening is you go round and round in circles talking to the wrong person. And then because you don't get the result that you're looking for, you then convince yourself that there is no business here or there's no need for my business. Mm. When in actual fact, you're talking to the wrong person. Mm. So mm. he needs to be able to determine who is the person that is in a position to give me a yes or a no here. Mm. And then once again, he needs to put himself in that person's shoes. How can I pitch my business to this individual in a manner for which they see benefit yeah because often at times what a person will do say oh man you know this is my history i'm trying to hustle here i would really like to provide food to the prime media staff this is going to help me so much 
as opposed to, you know, I've noticed that um, on average, you actually lose an hour of productivity time by staff having to leave the building mm. to go and buy food elsewhere. But if we bring it here, number one, it provides convenience for them. They don't need to be stuck in traffic. They don't need to go out of the building and it um, it then allows them to be able to have their meals here and be able to sa- save on time and productivity. Now what you are doing is you are showing the benefit to the customer of you being here and that is how you pitch you don't pitch from the position of i need a handout you pitch from the position of hey you need me yes i'm going to solve your problem i'm going to solve your problem and what i like about the example you used is maybe that boss is like hey i didn't even notice that we're losing x amount of hours and already now you have the attention yes. of the right person. Exactly. And maybe, um, and Hetty advi- advise here, how do you now, once you have that person's ear, um, is the next step to say, by the way, if you haven't had lunch, mm. gear plate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can know? definitely do that. <laughs> you know, here's the thing with pitching, and this is what people need to understand. It's not just saying what you do. It is how you say it to be memorable. Mm. Perhaps your you tepo are the hundredth tepo that has knocked on the door with this idea. But when you do arrive with a plate of food that the taste is good and the aroma is lingering in the air, that allows you to be memorable enough to score a follow-up meeting. What is a no-go area when it comes to memorable? Because memorable can also be a bad thing. Yes. So here is the thing. And this is why it also goes back to understanding your customer. Am I speaking to a place that is more traditional in its company culture? Yeah. Am I speaking to a place that actually values an outlandish pitch yes. because that is how the the company is structured for example an advertising agency for yes. example so understanding who your customer is will allow you to be able to pitch it at the right level mm. and i'm you know as you're speaking i'm thinking about all of the different pitches that we receive in the building in yeah. general people want to get on radio they want to promote their businesses mm. so for example somebody might drop off something yeah and then they don't even leave information yeah. they just leave the thing yeah and you're like what am i supposed to do with this yeah oh i really like it but now i don't know where to go precisely so what are some of the mistakes that people make after they've gotten the attention yes like okay cool i'm gonna hear you out yes what are the mistakes that they make now in not clinching the deal First of all, people need to be able to understand that there is a customer journey that you're embarking on with a potential customer. So you need to think 10 steps ahead of where you are right now. I'm going to have the initial meeting, then what? What is my call to action after the initial meeting? Perhaps you need another meeting. Then if that is the case, once this meeting has ended, secure the date for the next one. Mm. So you are always thinking 10 steps ahead. The other thing that people forget to do is to follow up. Yeah. So your potential customer is just as busy as the next person. To think that they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs, thinking about you, is really once again us being egotistical as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. 
follow up with them. You know what? I'm traveling. I'll be back in two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, you mark it on your calendar. You give them a telephone call. I hope you had a, a great um, trip. Can we please have our follow-up meeting now? I've got so many great developments to chat to you about. Mm, mm. And then, of course, how do you now keep the customer? Because maybe your idea is great for the first year, and now we're tired of that salad with that tamati. <laughs> yes. So what should they be doing in between? Because I almost feel like you should be continuously pitching yes. for growth. Yes, exactly. And that is why, you know, at the beginning, we spoke about the fact that pitching is an everyday thing. Yeah. You pitch to get the business, you pitch to keep the business. Yeah. So you always want to have that recurring offer within your business. One of the benefits of being a small business is the fact that you are agile. Take note, when is Rilebukhile's birthday? Can you add a cute little muffin whenever it's some birthday have you noted that this person they really love acha with their food so you're always bringing that for mm. them you know so taking note of all of those nuances allows you to ingratiate yourself and build a relationship with your client base and that is really how you are able to maintain it to the point where they can't even they don't even want to consider having another service provider all right we've got uh, okay i thought we had a caller on the line let's quickly go to a whatsapp question that came through ds says hi great show can the business mentor please talk more about a pitch for business to business or b2b we have noted the guidance on business to b2c which i'm assuming is business to corporate mm-hmm. our business is a b2b in the fleet environment when the pitching is a little different to the one she's talking about all right. So first and foremost, when it comes to B2B, so that is a business looking to service another business. What is important to understand is which element of this particular organization am I looking to pitch to? A person will come to me and say, hey, I really want to pitch to corporates. I've identified X, Y, Z. Then I say, okay, but every organization has different departments yeah. and every department has it's got its departmental objectives and strategies. Which department in particular do you want to service? Now, I just want to service the whole thing. Once again, if you want to service the whole entire building, you end up servicing nobody. So you need to be very clear about what is your value offering, what is your specialization, so that you identify the department in particular you want to service, so that your proposal and pitch is tailor-made to a problem that that particular department has. And that is how you are able to get your foot into the door. All right, let's quickly take a call. Daulani in Limpopo, hi. How are you, ma'am? Good, good. Go ahead, Daulani. Oh, I just want to ask, how do you know that your idea is a great idea? Mm. If you have no funding and anything, like you have no way to, you haven't started yet, you still at the beginning, just only an idea. Mm. Good question, Daulani. All right, so first of all, you ask. Mm. You ask, ask family, ask friends, ask people around. If I were to offer X, Y, Z, what would you think about it? Then the next thing you want to do is you want to test the concept. You know, sometimes we think about an idea so much that we get into analysis paralysis. The only way that you can... Oh, we want to protect our idea so much that we end up... You know, owning 100% of nothing. 
absolutely yeah <laughs> exactly so you need to be able to test it put it out there into the marketplace even if it's with a small target group and see how it is taken up but an idea remains exactly that an idea until you execute upon it Hetty, how can people get in touch with you we've got people that are asking um how to um, um possibly use your services all right so they can find me on all social media platforms that's facebook instagram linkedin and that is Hetty, the entrepreneur Okay, Hetty, I think you have given some super invaluable advice and I think we could have kept talking for hours. But my key takeout, though, I would even say if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're a nine to fiver, I always say the best opportunities in my life came from me telling people what I want to do. Yes, And then I was top of mind when that opportunity came.